Hola, Hola chicas. chicas. Bienvenidas a la charla. I'm Isela, a wife, teacher, entrepreneur, and new mommy to my sweet baby boy, Logan Jace. I'm Lily. I'm a teacher, daughter, and engaged to a wonderful man. Somos dos Latinas from Texas, loving life and living it up. Acompáñanos as we chat all things mujer. Makeup, libros, food, familia, and just bringing you into our everyday lives. So grab your cafecito and let's chat. Hello. Oh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm freaking out because it's 2019 already. Right? Oh my god. I feel gosh. like time flew. You know, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers and I was telling him, I said, you know what? We, especially as teachers, I'm going to just bite the bullet and say it, but especially as teachers, I feel like we live for the weekend. Yes. I, especially me this year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I got you. Um, we live for the weekend and, you know, for me, like, Watching my son grow up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know why time's going by so fast. Like, I can't believe he's about to be four and he's going to start school and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, but I live for the weekend and I hate that. I hate that I do that, you know, because I'm thinking I wish I could. And I try to. I really do. I'll go through like a whole week where I'm like, okay, I found the good in every day. I looked forward to something on Monday because that's what I've heard from like different on podcasts and like self-help. What do you call it? Like articles, things like that of how to look forward to Mondays. And supposedly the advice from all of these, you know, people who are perfectly happy every day (laughs) is to plan something Monday after work that you look forward to. No matter what it is, it could be something that you just enjoy doing on your own, a family activity or just something that you want to do every Monday. So that way you look forward to Monday and you make it a good day. Look, I've done that, but that is so hard to do every day. Are these people teachers or are they just like (laughs) everyday folk? Everyday folk. I don't know. I feel like we're in a whole different genre, uh, even like in the books, we're a whole different genre. We're a different breed of people. Yes. So I think that maybe it doesn't fully apply to us. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm all for this whole four day week, four day work week. Oh, girl. Yeah. That district, what is it? Aspen or Athens, Texas? I don't know. Something like that. But they went to a four day work week for teachers. That sounds amazing. I mean, I'm sure it would be like chaotic and a complete mess for about a year or two until you get like the in the rhythm and everybody's got their ish together. But I would go for it in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> do I have to do anything else extra? Because that's the one thing that I do notice a lot about being a teacher is that if you are, if you even have like the slight notion or you get the buzz about possibly getting something, an incentive, a raise, something, you're like, but what do I got to do? Like, <laughs> do I got to work extra hours or what is this? What do I have I to do? You. Do I have to meet certain criteria? So right now the buzz is that there is a proposal for a bill to be passed for all teachers to get a $5,000 increase across the board. And the first thing I thought of was, what do we have to do to get it? Like, what else are you adding to my workload already? Because yeah, I'm already a secretary. Exactly. So, you know, so many people are like, nothing, you know, and other teachers, and I spoke to our librarian, she's like, nothing. It's just going to be a flat out raise. And I was like, mm. when mm-hmm. I see that in my bank account, 
<laughs> then I'll believe it because other than that, no te la creo. But I started not- doing some digging and sure enough, I'm seeing, and I don't know if this is fake news. Yo no sé. Ya sabes, fake news everywhere. Yeah. But, um, or quote unquote fake news. Um, but I saw that it was going to be attached to the star somehow. So I don't know. I don't know. really have that. I don't need that. No sé. I don't know. I'm praying. I'm like, look, doctors, you know, I know they go to medical school. I know that, but a lot of them have people die on the table. Let's just be real. Yep. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they get paid buku money. Why can't we get paid buku money? We lay the foundation for these people to become doctors and lawyers oh, yeah. and engineers mm-hmm. and architects and everything else. So I'm just like, okay, come on guys, step it up just a little, just a little, you know? And then... But we get blamed if we don't meet the quota of what they want for students passing or all yeah. this and not knowing that, that there are so many outside factors. For exactly. Like some of them, they just don't care. Some of Doesn't them straight matter. up don't care. Some of them are not good testers. Some of them have a bad day. Some of them didn't get a meal or some of them are sleeping on the floor in an apartment that's overcrowded. I mean, there's so many factors. You're right. And there are a lot of kids that do pull through and those kids are really tough and resilient and they meet their goals. But then there's not everybody's like that. There's a lot of kids that come in going all kinds of ailments going on, all kinds of ailments. And sometimes the only food that they get is a food that they get when they're with us. So. I don't feel like it should be attached if that's what they're thinking. Exactly. I hear you. Girl, we could preach. I'm telling you, we could preach all day and night about our teacher life. But right. tell me about your holidays. How did you enjoy your winter break? ¿Qué hiciste? ¿Qué well, comiste? ¿Qué, con- ¿Qué no comiste? <laughs> well, my first week, I was sick. Oh, God. Don't you hate that? You're like, look, I need a break. ¿Y ahora vas en enferma? And I know, right? And it's, I was, I was sick during the school, like the last couple of days before school ended uh-huh. and I had recovered. And then, you know, you have those parents that send their sick child to school. Oh girl. And I relapsed. Like I felt it right away. Once I got home, I was like, and I had woken up so great that morning. I was like, oh yeah, I feel great. I'm over yeah. whatever I had. And then I get home in the afternoon after this child was in my class and I'm mm-hmm. like, mm. There goes my there goes my holiday. So half yeah. of it was me being sick, and then the other half was just me like really just l- relaxing and lounging around. Yeah, and taking I did time make, for yourself. Yes, and then I did make uh, buñuelos de viento. I learned mm. how to make those. I've never even those. heard of those, Lily. No? Solo de piloncillo. That's the only thing I've ever heard oh, and have done you ever with my had mom. or have you ever seen like the bean buñuelos that they sell? Yeah. Those, ooh, those okay, so, so they're kind of like that. Okay, so like a windmill. Because the viento, it looks like a windmill. No. No? no. You've never had bean buñuelos? They're like, they're like, they're the same type of, they're like buñuelos. They're just shaped differently and made like almost like if it was like a pancake batter. But it's, it cooks up just like a buñuelo. They don't look like a flower with the holes cut out? Yes. Okay, that's what I'm saying. They're probably they look like a windmill to me, I guess. I oh, okay. Know. Like a pinwheel. Oh, I don't okay. know. I'm just trying to use my old <laughs> ELL strategies to figure out how to cross over <laughs> the language. The <laughs> Pin buñuelo, pinwheel. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, so I learned how to make that. Yum. So that was like a hit. I made that, and then of course you know the regular 
the tamales and the hot chocolate and all that. Mm -hmm. So it was very relaxing. But so good. I think because we get out so late, it didn't feel like it was fully Christmas, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you had that, but that's what I had this year. And then it was kind of hard, too, because since my brother's deployed, mm -hmm. it was kind of weird not having him around and cause, because his birthday is on Christmas. Yeah. So it was just kind of like super weird not to have him around, not to celebrate his birthday. So I don't know. It was it just was weird. Different. It was yeah. different. And I was so bummed because this year, normally every year we go out to the Gaylord to ice. Yeah. And this year I didn't even get to do that. I was like, I'm sick. And if I go, I'm going to relapse again. You're like, it's going to happen again. No, yeah. So I was like, I guess I'll stay my sad butt home. Speaking of like um, the bug going around and all that stuff. I was listening to some really interesting facts this morning on NPR about the flu and flu season. Mm -hmm. And I was, girl, I was shook. Because they were saying that last year, okay, so I don't know if this is region, regional or nationwide. I think it's regional, which makes it even scarier. But they said that last year there was over almost 13,000 deaths in flu season, during the flu season. I'm assuming it would be national. It was 12,800 something, right? They mm -hmm. said that since November this year, there have been less than 2,000 deaths that are flu related. But, which is a big, huge jump. I'm like, what are we doing that it's not, you know, taking uh, as many lives as it did last year? But they're saying that we haven't hit peak flu season yet, that it usually doesn't no. hit till February. So I'm like, oh, hell. Hide your wives, hide your knives, hide everything. Get out the <laughs> antibacterial. Uh-uh. <laughs> and this, this weather's crazy. It's like cold one day and then hot the next day. Uh-huh. So I don't true. think that helps either. No, hombre, it doesn't. And then, leave your sick child at home. Don't send them to school. Oh, my gosh. You know what? what's tough is that it used to be, they used to be a lot more lenient about that, you know, and I feel like statewide, it's been, you know, a focus and a push for attendance has been, especially like in the, in the lower income, you know, school district or school areas, is there's been such a push for, um, high attendance that they make them come in like and it's crazy because I can have kids that will throw up and if they don't have a fever the yes. nurse doesn't send them home and I'm just like yes. are you kidding me look I don't okay. have to have a fever to be full-on sick people okay full-blown sick and I'm like that's why all of this mess is just circulating so much that's like with a whole um not sending them home because they have lice. Uh, that's that's uh, something that should be treated exactly. and not leave them at school. See, sí, and they used to be able to send them home. Y ahora no podemos hacer nada, girl. Nada. So that's the real struggle. So if you guys are listening right now, just keep your hands washed. Cover your cough. <laughs> keep your sick children at home. Keep your ch sick children at home. Híjole. And keep some hand sanity on deck because the struggle is real. Dios no lo mande que nos vayamos a enfermar like on Monday or something <laughs> next week. <laughs> I'll be like, Lily, I have the flu. No, I had um, strep the week before we got out because I got out the same time as you th did this year for a uh, winter break which you're right it does it feels like I liked coming back to work later like a full week later they gave us a week and a day but it felt like I didn't really get to enjoy Christmas and I love Christmas not only that the 
the um, weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas break were killing me. It felt like the longest stretch of life. I was like, oh, goodness. When are we going to get to Christmas and then break? kids are crazy. Yes. And I don't know about your district, but our district, district tests right before winter break. No, we, te- so we, we wait two like, weeks after we come back. Oh, that's um, miserable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why would they do that? Está loca la gente. Está loca la gente, girl. Está loca la gente. Well, my first week was just, um, what did I do? Oh, we had my, my nephew and niece for Christmas this year because um, my brother has joint custody of them. So we had them back and um, we had Christmas and everything, did everything we needed to get done. Y luego the day, that, not even girl, the day after, like at 12 midnight on Christmas night, we headed mm-hmm. to Colorado. We took a road trip with my mom, my niece, my nephew, my son, and my husband and um, we stayed in Denver. We went to Winter Park, Ilogo, Breckenridge. And it's, I loved it. I, it was really beautiful. Um, right. And we did a whole bunch of different, like, snow activities and sports. And, todo eso, and it was really fun. I would actually, you know, have you ever traveled somewhere and you've heard of a certain city for so long and you're, like, blown away because it's completely different than you thought it was? I'm sure mm-hmm. that happens all the time with any new place that you you would travel to, anyone would travel to. But I always thought, no joke, I always thought Denver was going to be something like Detroit, kind of like a ghost town. Así bien, no, no sé por qué. Not. But I would love to go back in the spring. I would absolutely okay. love to go in the spring or the summer because I feel I like I went it during was spring break and I loved it. And you know which town, like, I wish we would have spent more time in? Mm-hmm. Durango. For the, some yeah, weird, for some weird reason, when we stopped there, we we stayed there one night. Uh-huh. Like I fell in love with that city. Like I don't know why, what it was about it. Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah, and I loved all the little towns, and I just felt like I was in a Hallmark movie. Everything was so picturesque. I liked that a lot. It was, so and it's cute. one of those places that I wouldn't mind going back and visiting again. Yeah, me too. Because there's some where you're like, eh, I'm done. Like I don't need to go back, mm-hmm. but me Colorado was one of those places like I would love to go back same or like my students say same <laughs> son bilingue. Dicen, same. I'm like okay. Same. okay okay um yeah I think for me I loved Denver and we stayed right in downtown so we walked everywhere and it was freezing cold so we had like our thermal coats on and our thermal undergarments and todo eso. <laughs> but um I loved it there and I liked Breckenridge, but Breckenridge to me was way too congested. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but yes. I just thought it was way too many people. I'm like, oh, I can't deal with this. But even- my favorite was Winter Park. I feel like I would go back to Winter Park and do sports again, do anything mm-hmm. that they have to offer because I loved it. And I'd probably stay in Winter Park just because the drive up the mountains. We went to, we took a lot of drives to like scenic drives. And the most breathtaking was Winter Park. I don't know if you've ever like been scrolling on Facebook and you always run across that video of a car. And it's usually like a travel page or something. And it's a car driving through what seems to be like the ultimate winter wonderland. Like the the pines are covered and the car, the streets are covered. It's beautiful. It looks fake. That's what it looked like. And it was all the way up the mountain. I was like terrified and like It it was magical at the same time. So I'm like, okay, I would come back and stay here. And it took forever to get up that mountain. I'm not going to lie. It took forever <laughs> in the snow. Is that close to a ray? 
I don't know how, well, it's 45 minutes from Denver going towards uh, Breckenridge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then we did that drive then. Because we went to Breckenridge. I'm it's like yes. when you're going towards Breckenridge, okay, when you're going towards Breckenridge, you exit left and that's where Georgetown is. And that's a cute little town. Uh -huh. And then you have, the, it's like a specific, there's no like, um, it's a specific road and it has like a historical sign and it says winter park. Like you, okay. you have to yes. like go off and it's a, like a two way road. It's not like a freeway. It's not attached to freeways. Yes. You would have okay, to drive up it and you're not passing through it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but it's freaking, oh man, it's so breathtaking there. And I feel like I would just get a cabin and stay there for a week in okay. the winter again. I would have to I go thought, back in the winter. I loved it. I thought the same thing. And then the hot springs and pagoda. Are I like, didn't, we didn't oh. get to go to any hot springs, but I'm sure they were. But yes, like even in the cold, because we went during spring break last year and it was really cold still. Yeah. But in the cold, in the sitting out there in the cold in a hot spring was like really, really cool. It was a really cool experience. That's so neat. There's just so much to see there. There's so much to see, so much to do. We did go to Red Rock Amphitheater, which was Eric's thing. And he um, has seen, it's like the super popular amphitheater um, that a lot of artists go and play at. But a lot of his favorite rock artists have like their DVD of their live concert release from there, right? But he never really looked into where it was. He always thought it was in Arizona. So he didn't know. And I was like, oh, we're going to, you know, he's like, well, what are we going to do today? And I was like, oh, just take this. And I was like telling him where to go on the GPS because I knew he wanted to go there, but he didn't know, know that it was in Colorado. And it was like nothing, like 20 minutes outside of Denver. And then when we get there, he was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. It was, it was so amazing. <laughs> it's a crazy. Let me tell you something. You have to drive to the top and then you walk up higher and then it's like these canyons and the stage is all the way at the bottom. And I'm like, I would never get drunk and try to walk all the way back up to my car. <laughs> like, I bet you that's miserable. And it's You're out like, in the this open. This is where I'm living now. I'm like, I'm not going to drink and walk up the million stairs because it was pretty far up. But it was really cool. And I'm glad that we got to take him. Um, and other than when, when I came back, we had like New Year's. We came back the day before New Year's. I literally cleaned my house. And like had to get together for New Year's <laughs> Eve with family. And then that whole week, I just, we cleaned, we purged, we got in the garage and we just like chilled and got ready for, you know, back to work and stuff. But yeah. And we watched damn bird box. <laughs> we all did. Oh my God. My niece watched it and I was mad because I was like, you watched it without me when we were supposed to watch it together. But then I watched it and I was like, why the hell did I watch it? And my cousin, Primo, he was like, para que la vas a ver? Ni sirve esa película. He's like, it's really good. And then it sucks at the end. And I'm like, <laughs> the ending sucks. I had okay. so many questions. Okay. Did you feel like people overhyped it? Yes. Okay. Because I watched it that, I think that day that it released. Uh -huh. I watched it with my sister and Ulysses and I was like, hmm. It's all right. And can people were saying that it was scary. I was like, um, I hadn't seen nothing scary. Yeah. I thought it was a good suspenseful movie. But then at the end, I was like, no, nah, you guys just threw that shit together. I didn't like the ending at all. I feel like A Quiet Place was way better. Yes. <clears throat> it was way better. I think so, too. But this is a but Bird Box is a book. Yeah. Yeah. 
But maybe the book is better. I don't know. Maybe I wanna I wanna know if they're they're different because Alfina was like spoiler alert, guys. By the way, if you haven't seen it, spoiler. but at the Skip end, over this. <laughs> at the end, I was like, okay, those blind people can't get hurt, but you ain't blind, <laughs> right? And I know you got all them birds to alert you, but still, you ain't blind, boo boo. Now you're gonna put those people in danger because your ass ain't blind, and now they're gonna come get you. <laughs> you know what? Spoiler alert. For the book. Um, I read that in the book, they gouge out their eyes. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Yes, that's what I read. That's online. how they say blind? Mm-hmm. They, they, they get to that place and they gouge out their eyes. I don't know if it's beforehand or at the place, but in the book, according to what I read, they gouge out their eyes. Oh, my gosh. Hombre, mejor me muero. <laughs> Mejor me muero. Oh my gosh, that is so scary. But then like I was we, like, we're teachers, we deal with all the crazy, we accept the crazy, so I think we would be fine. Like my my nephew was, you know, he's trying to make sense of it. And he's like, okay, so why were some people living and why were some people dying whenever they would see the, whatever it was? Because And I told him, I said, because maybe they, the people that died would rather die than commit, you know, evil or commit crime or, or kill and murder. Maybe those people that did live, maybe they were, they had an evil heart and they would do anything. You know what I mean? Well, what I read was that people that saw it and survived was because they were all mentally ill people or people that dealt with mental illness so they they deal with their demons every day and so and people that died was that they were shown all the, all i guess like their demons quote unquote and they weren't ready to accept them like they were still in denial about them and so that's why they would die because they couldn't they couldn't face their problems that's what i read that's what i read about it huh, interesting and i was like okay that makes sense Interesting, but I like mine better. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like my interpretation better. I thought it was good versus evil here. <laughs> I thought we we're learning Who a knows? lesson. No, but <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, oh my gosh, before I get into it, because we have a lot to cover, but my child has hit a whole nother level of toddlerhood. <laughs> what did he do? Since November. <laughs> He has been, like, he is a boy times 10. His energy level is, he is just so loud. I feel like he has to shout at me for everything. His tantrums are on next level tantrums. He, de Dios, don't lie. He, lo <laughs> he loves to run everywhere. Yes, he does. He he can run and run and run. We take him outside to play everything that we do. And I'm like, how does he not run out of energy? Like this kid is on another level and he soaks everything up like, like so easily. You can think he's not listening and he just heard everything you just said and <laughs> he picks up anything and he reads everything. And I'm just thinking, and it's funny because the librarian at our school, her son, she's like, my son is doing the same exact shit. I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, girl, what in the world? So we're trying to socialize. And that's what we think it is, that he's a um, only child. He doesn't start school till this coming year. And then he only goes to two classes a week where he has actual child interaction. And it's very limited because their classes, you know, swim class and music. 
So we're trying to socialize them more. We'll take, we're taking them to like different playgrounds more and indoor playgrounds since it's been cold. The library, the kids center at the library and stuff. Cause I'm just like, okay, you got to learn how to get along with folks. Quit being so stingy and <laughs> just quit being so loud. Like I'm really, uh, I'm hoping it's a phase, but I told my husband, I said, we had a good infant and the first two years were really great. I knew this shit was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, hopefully this is the only phase where he's really bad and he's not like a bad teenager or anything like that. But I told him, I said, I told you, te dije. I said, don't ever speak too soon, boo-boo, because yes, I <laughs> And he's coming out with the vengeance, girl. He's just everywhere. But he's been getting better this weekend, from this weekend to now, because I have literally planned a different like play date with him every day to teach him something like a different way to adapt to new situations. So like when I took him to the library earlier this week, he was loud. He was snatching toys from other kids. He was just being rambunctious and rebellious. And so I was using that as a teachable moment to like talk to him and stuff like, so I was putting myself yeah. in those uncomfortable situations too, because I'm that person that I feel like snatching him up so bad you know, and getting on to him. But then I'm like, who's watching me? Don't be calling CPS. I don't beat my child, but I sure will get on to him. <laughs> and then um, we took him to an indoor playground on Tuesday. And we also set boundaries because I noticed he started like getting cutting in the in front of the line for the slide and stuff like that. So I'm like, OK, another teachable moment. Let's talk to him, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, every day we did something and yesterday we took him to Barnes and Noble and I had a talk with him before we went to the kids section. I said, you're going to go play. I gave him two, basically two to do's that he was going to encounter and that's it and his consequence. And I said, we're going to go over to the children's section and you're going to play on the train table for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. After that, you can pick a book with mommy and daddy but you are not going to yell and we're going to use our whisper voice. So he was like, okay, because girl, when we first walked in, we were browsing for ourselves and he was being loud. So we had to like take him to the corner and have a talk. I was like, I saw a breakthrough because we went straight to the table. He was, and usually he loves to bang the little trains and the cars and like be, he's just loud. He's a loud kid. And this time he was just playing with them, super quiet. And, and we're trying to teach him how to focus on one thing at a time. He saw like a steering wheel book behind him. He turned around and I said, okay, are you going to play with the book or are you playing with the trains? And he said, the trains. And he turned back around and it was like almost 30 minutes of solid playing with the trains. Oh, wow. And he did not even look at that book again. I was like, thank the Lord. Maybe I just need to give him like a little mini to-do list wherever we go. After that, we picked a book. He did not yell at all. He was whispering. I was like, what? You're like, <laughs> I said, maybe we just got to give him these little mini pep talks. <laughs> no sé. But yeah, he's he's been on another level. So y'all pray for me. I need some Jesus in my son's life. <laughs> we pray every night, but that's not enough. So <laughs> <laughs> you need all the help you can get. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Okay. So 2019 right. came. Yes, it did. 2018 Se fue volando. Sure did. <laughs> so super fast. Oh my. Oh, I'm dropping stuff and shit over here. <laughs> um, we want to talk about resolutions, how we feel about them, vision boards. We had our vision board party that we have annually with the with our girlfriends. 
and just about goals and things like that. So uh, I want to just kind of jump into resolutions. What do you say? Are you for them or against them or indifferent? How do you feel about resolutions? I feel like that if, if it floats your boat, do it. You do dale, you, boo. Dale. But mm-hmm. as far as myself, I can't do resolutions. I feel like I fall off the wagon really quick. Yeah, same. Same. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like it can't be forced. I can't force it upon myself. Like, I have to do it, like, in little intervals here and there. And I don't know. Like, in the way that we approached, I think, the vision board this year, I think that helped out a lot in making, I guess, like, our resolutions or whatever. But I'm yeah. not for, hey, yeah, let's yeah, do resolutions. I feel like resolutions se sienten, te sientes forzada after yes. a while. Like you're there, but then you feel, I feel like it's like this mundane little routine that I'm doing and I always fail. And I feel like we all start out super hardcore and then we just start falling, like you said, falling off the wagon. And just to me, it starts to become this mundane, like, you know, forced. And then you feel guilty, at least like uh-huh. when I've. Is that resolutions? I would feel mm-hmm. guilty for falling off the wagon. Oh, wax. yeah. Same. All the time. So you're right. The way we approached the vision board this year um, really helped me a lot. Because even though I feel like we've really been sticking to our vision board goals, um, the ones that do happen, the ones that don't, and just kind of being, we've been very uh, committed. Yeah. To it, I do feel like this time I had a broader awakening of what it really means to accept who you are, the changes you want to make, and the way life just kind of throws shit at you left and right. And you have, and just how to work through it and accept the fact that you're not going to be perfectly perfect at everything and you're just going to have to roll with the punches and just kind of stay, get back on track. You know what I mean? Veer off the road and then get back. Um, I'm the same. I'm not a big resolutions person. I just feel like the vision board has been my go-to and it's, I mean, they can kind of coincide with each other per se, but a vision board, I feel like it's more stream streamlined and it can be a lot more simplistic to really just kind of be an umbrella for your overall goals. You know what I mean? Does that make sense at all? Does that make sense? I get you. I get you. So this year we approached the vision board very differently. And I got the idea from another podcast um, that I listened to. Uh, Super Mamas, of course. Um, They talked about how their vision board party went. So then I was listening to their um, episode. And then I jumped into reading articles about vision board and how to like prepare for a vision board party and how to make it successful and how to get people to focus and this and that, because there's been so many people that have said, you know, and different people I've seen like different actresses or, you know, uh, celebrities that I follow that do vision boards, but I've noticed the same old, same old, they get together, they cut up a bunch of pictures, they throw it Mm -hmm. on a board and it's kind of like a social event more than a real connection and roadmap creating get together for your future, you know? So, um, two of the things that I took away from some of the articles was, well, one of the things from that podcast was for you to visualize yourself at the end of 2019, 
if you visualize yourself um, standing in front of your new home or if you visualize yourself in a new career or you visualize yourself healthier and more fit or with more money or with a new car or whatever, you would visualize yourself like that first. So it, it takes a lot. And it was, at, I felt like it was, it was hard for us to do that. Do you know, don't you think it was hard for us to like really take it serious and center. And at first I was nervous. I was nervous because I was like, okay, I really want to drive this home for everybody. And I really want it to be effective, but crap. Like we were laughing. We weren't like, we're not focused at all. (laughs) And our personalities are very different too. Yes. And I was thinking, Oh man, you know, and then we had our one friend, Jane, who's been on the show before. She was just like, Oh God, y'all are like two in your feelings. And she's like, (laughs) I can't do this. And maybe it's not for me. So we were all walked in with a different mindset. Yeah, a different mindset. And not only that, but we were feeling, even though we'd done the vision board before and gotten together and done the party before and all that, we all were rethinking how we wanted to approach the vision board, which was really cool. And I think that was like straight up telepatia or vibes (laughs) that we were just feeling it. And we, because we all felt that way. Like we needed to look at it on another level and just kind of tailor it to our personality and tailor it to our needs, like you said. Um, so I felt in the beginning, I felt like, damn, is this going to be a crash and burn? Because I feel like we're not, and it completely took a turn, didn't it? It did. It completely did. It was, I think it was like very cathartic. Cathartic. Uh-huh. Yes. Is that what we would word it? Yes. Yes. It was very interesting. I mean, like we don't want to divulge a lot of it, but, um, we really came in, like you said, with a different mindset. And then towards the middle, towards the end, it's like it, we were just all on the like the same wavelength. Yes. And we and that really helped us approach the vision board in a way that tailored it to us. Yeah. And what definitely. we needed in that moment, I guess. Yeah. Um when we did the first exercise, it took a while for us to get in the groove of it. And a couple of us had a hard time and it just opened the doors for so much other discussion and so many, so much self discovery. Yes. You know, like one of the girls was fearful and we just had a discussion and so much came out, you know, about why, and just kind of like, just self-discovery of what's going on subconsciously, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your mind, like what is conflicting. So then after we did that exercise, um, we did a different exercise. And I feel like this is where we really, really connected to our inner self. You know what I mean? Everything, our subconscious or everything just kind of aligned and just kind of melted together and helped us push through some of the things that maybe we didn't even know were going on with us. And it was, I think the fact also that it just made us feel that we weren't alone. Exactly. Exactly. And we really leaned on each other and it was just so powerful. I feel. And so that second exercise was to say goodbye to 
everything that held you down, that that hurt your heart, that weighed heavy on you in 2018, and to get rid of it and get rid of that guilt and to really just let go. And that to me, oh my God, I'm like getting choked up even thinking about it. That to me was the hardest thing I feel like I've ever done when I'm trying to make progress. Well, it's because for not myself, just, you know, well, not just that, but I think it was also because I think we were all in the same way. We all like it really did get to us the sense mm-hmm. that it was things that we think, but we probably never said it out loud to anybody. Exactly. Because if you if you think about it and you look at all of us, we're all very strong willed, strong minded, independent, very educated. We, we're all just very strong. And we are those Latinas that grow up with that. Don't be airing out your dirty laundry. Exactly. It's not typical for us to be talking about our problems and putting all our business out on the world and out in the world like that. So that in itself was a huge breakthrough to even the way we just came out and said, this is what I got to let go of. This is what's been weighing on me. This is how I feel. And I feel like all of us were so emotional. And and why we cried was because not only were we letting all of that go, not only were we like rehashing something that's been weighing on us, but at the same time, we were also fighting that, the pride and yes. fighting the fear of being able to speak so freely. Exactly. So it was scary. It was very scary. It was so scary. And I'm just, I was so proud of all of us because I feel like we, I remember going to bed that night and feeling almost euphoric, just cleansed and just happy. And Eric was like, oh my gosh, y'all were like having the best time down there or what? You're like in the best, you just seem so (laughs) calm right now. I said, we just, everything that needed to happen happened. And I did forget to do one last, um, one last exercise, and I'm gonna talk about it because I know next week we're sh- we should be getting together for Blanquita's birthday. So I kind of wanted to mention mention it to you guys and to me and now, and I think about it and I, it weighed on me because it came to me when I was praying. And I was like, how could I forget? That was the most important part. And I feel like we had already gone in so much for so many hours into our conversation. And the last exercise you're supposed to do is write a thank you letter to God for everything that you were blessed with. Cause you've already let go of the bad, but then you're supposed to write a letter of gratitude to God. And then you're supposed to write a letter of gratitude to yourself for being oh. strong. And then you're supposed to, you're supposed to, um, Seal them up, and then you're supposed to read it at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. That's still something we could probably still do. Exactly. So I'm thinking I'm going to bring it up at the next thing just for us to, and you do it on your own. You know, you could just do it on your own, but if we can have the discussion or whatever and then do it, I feel like that would basically close up that whole. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of wrap everything up and make you feel like, okay, I feel accomplished. I feel like. This door is closed so I can move on without all that weight and without being grateful and without being thankful. You know what I mean? Like, you know, without going into the future and not saying thank you, yeah. you know? 
So yeah, it was so, so healing to do that. And the next day too, I felt so good. And I was like texting y'all and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so awesome. And, and, uh, I, you know, I've had that discussion with my, my husband. I was going to say my cousin, my primo too. I've had this discussion with him too. Cause I feel like I'm always talking to him. I call him my spirit animal girl. <laughs> and I've always told him, I'm like, you know, I have my group of girlfriends and we talk about things and we've gone through stuff together, but I feel like I, we haven't connected and reached out to each other on another level like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, now it's happened, but at the time before, like I would tell my husband, I'm like, I feel like we just need to take the plunge and just talk about stuff, anything and not be afraid and, you know, stuff like that. Because I feel when I used to have, I've only had one friendship almost in my entire life where it was to that level of, of depth to where anything I had on my heart, on my mind, I could just let it out. But then, and it was really, it was really healthy and everything. But then I feel like that kind of took a turn because when our friendship was not good anymore in a good place I feel like all of those insecurities or anything I had used were starting to be used against me underhandedly so that is that's I I feel like that's where I put up my wall to not be so transparent with my girlfriends but I'm I'm glad that it's just that's gone I feel like that's gone for me now and I can be transparent I can be like a hundred percent myself and and not feel guilty for just being very honest and truthful. I feel like weightless whenever I do that, you know? I completely agree. Yeah. So how would you say, or what do you think you would have to do? Because I know a lot of people, um, they build their vision boards. Y luego, yeah, no los ven, no siguen, no se enfocan, nada. Yeah. So... What is something you think would be a good tip to help people just kind of stay focused and reconnect to it throughout the year? I think that you have to, um, I like your idea of like what you did last year of taking a photo of it. But even if you can, I think you really have to put it somewhere where you're actually going to see it. And then I think before even making it, you have to, you have to really tailor it to yourself. And kind of make it to where you're not, to me, well, at least for myself, it's like, I didn't, I didn't want to have all goals on there. Like I wanted to concentrate in like different areas of my life Yeah, that I knew that I had to concentrate on, you know? And so I think that making it that way to where it's, there's areas in your life that you always have to deal with. And I think that if you look at it that way, it helps out a little bit more and making sure yeah. that you get it done. Yeah. And then if you're, if you're attaching it to something like, for example, one of them was like, um, for me, it was finances was one of my goals, it, which is, has been for these last couple of years and not being like, I always think, what if something happens? I need to make sure that I have money that I can use to deal with that problem or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I think that me making it, into where doing those what ifs mm-hmm. helped me a lot in creating a vision board that I think I could accomplish a lot better 
than just putting out pictures from a magazine and just filling it up with pictures. Yes, I hear you. Um, and I think that if you do it that way, I mean, it may not work for everybody, but I think if you do it that way, I think it would make it more attainable for people to actually accomplish their goals yeah. than just filling it up with pictures or quotes that quotes that probably a week from now won't even matter to you. Yeah. 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 You have to make sure that it speaks to you. I agree with that. Um, for me, I always have, it's like the same five topics. Mm -hmm. You know, I have the same five topics. Um, and I have reoccurring visual photos and quotes that are very pleasing to me. And that to be honest, are very hard for me to take off and not reuse the following year, especially the ones that have, that I have met. You know what I mean? Those, those dreams, those goals that have come true. It's hard for me because I have such a strong connection with those. Cause I'm like, it's the same five topics. I just have the visuals reoccurring over and over in different ways. And so doing that, making it visually appealing, I feel, and letting it speak to you is very, very important. Um, like we said, cutting out pictures of a magazine, if that doesn't speak to you, print out pictures of yourself, your family, um, your kids, your, or quotes that you do like thing or places that you want to vision, a vision visit okay. that you can visualize in your mind. And then when you see a photo, it brings you joy, just like Mary Kondo. <laughs> let's go with the Marie Kondo method and say does it bring you joy and if your vision board does not bring you joy when you look at it then you need to go work on it because that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed when I look at my vision board no matter how simplistic or chaotic it may be it brings me so much joy and I keep pushing for what I want and again we all evolve and we change and we grow so Switch it up. If there's a goal that you thought you wanted to accomplish, and then it could be something simple. What if you wanted to go to a certain city or you wanted to start a certain home project or whatever, but then that fades in the next month or two? That's okay. Take it off, rearrange it, and move on. We all grow. So it's okay to do that. And if it hasn't changed, if your goals haven't changed, but you don't see yourself meeting them, or you don't see yourself motivated anymore, you can always like do your mid-year checkup to where you go to your vision board and you say, what on here does not speak to me anymore? I need to get rid of it and do something else that's going to help me refocus. You can always go back and visit it again. It's You have to tailor it to yourself because if not, I mean, you could be a completely different person in six months. It's a, it's a what I like to think of it, it's like a live document, document. that you're mm -hmm. constantly editing based on where yes. you're at in your life. I like that. Nice analogy there, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just switch it up, personalize it, connect it to you, make sure it brings you joy, and just put it somewhere where you see it every single day. I took a picture of it last year and this year. Again, um, keep it in your mobile phone. You can make it your screensaver, um, or you can print a picture and put it in your planner or I don't know, in your little visor above your car, wherever you're going to see it in your mirror, in your, in your bathroom. If you don't want this huge board hanging in your 
kitchen, wherever you think you're going to see it every single day, a place that you're at, you, where you lay your eyes upon every day in the morning, make sure it's there. And if it doesn't fit your needs, change it. That's okay. Don't feel like you're stuck. Don't ever feel like you're stuck. Cause I think that's when we start to, um, lose sight of what it is and why it was created. So Lily, what are your favorite things right now? <laughs> okay so right now what am, i feel like it's always food <laughs> it is always food boo boo <laughs> but it's okay because okay, you always have some real tasty treats and i'm like ooh, i need to try that okay so if you're a trader joe's fan yes like okay so i'm i'm so picky when it comes to my work lunch in the sense of that I hate frozen meals. Oh, me too. Luego, Even no though I force myself to eat them, sometimes they suck. <laughs> so I'm very picky when it comes to picking out my lunches. But what I have been loving, and I haven't gotten tired, I literally eat this every day or like two weeks straight and then I switch it up or whatever. But it has been the Trader Joe's pesto salad. Mm, what is That sounds good. What is it? So it's bow tie. It's bow tie pasta with pesto, and they put like Parmesan cheese and a lemon in there, and so you just mix it all up and you eat it, and it's so good. It's not very heavy on the pesto, so it's it feels very light. You don't feel stuffed or anything like that. So I've really been loving that, and so so I eat that. So good. Yes, and then I eat that with the ABC caseslaw salad. So it's mm-hmm. an apples, beets, carrots, and kale's um, like slaw mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. um, orange poppy seed dressing, and it okay, is so good. <laughs> so that that like satisfies my sweet tooth mm-hmm. because I swear to you that dressing tastes like one of those orange pops. Really? Yes. At least in my head, it does. Yeah. But it is so good. So oh, those. As far as food, that's what I've been loving. And then mm-hmm. my last thing, it's on um, Spotify. My go-to playlist has mm-hmm. been the Maluma playlist. Oh, same. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm at work. I have downtime. That's what I'm playing. Of course, the kids aren't around or anything. Of course, I have to tone it down when I play it at work. I have to, like, put it <laughs> real low on my desk. Yes, girl. But I have been loving those three things. That's it. That's, That's it. That's it. That's it. Get it together, Lily. You always have a list. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm embarrassed. I have so we many. We switched roles this episode. Yeah, we did. But it's because it's been adding up since the last episode, which has been a while. So it's been just kind of accumulating. Okay. So here we go. Uh, where do I start first? Okay. I'm going to go ahead and jump into music because I have three different favorites right now. Yes, Maluma is always amazing. Oh my gosh. Actually, I was riding in the car with my niece the other day and I was like listening to Maluma real loud. And she was like, who's this? And I'm like, girl, get you some of this. Anyway, um, (laughs) I have been listening to the playlist. It's on Apple Music and it's called Be Heard Beats by Dr. Dre. So that playlist I've been absolutely loving because I'm starting to do interval running again. And it's a really good mix. It's got new songs that are super popular, like top 40 songs. It has yeah. old songs that are popular. It's a mix of like hip hop and rock and pop. It's a really good playlist. Um, 
I like it. I like it a lot. So I use that one a lot for the gym. And then, um, let's see. The Neighborhood. I like that band. And it's thanks to my niece. I used to hear that song, Sweater Weather, in, like, okay, this is cheesy as hell, but I used to listen to it, like, in department stores, in the mall, Target. And I would be like, I really like that song. Every time I would hear it. So then when I'm in the car with my niece, we, it's kind of funny because we kind of take turns, like, with our playlists and stuff. So she hears a little bit of my music. I hear a little bit of hers. And the song, Sweater Weather, came out. And I was like, I love that song. I have no idea who sings it. She was like, oh, my gosh, it's the neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I don't know who and anyone new is nowadays. And she's like, you have to listen to it. So we like literally were listening to that playlist over and over. And it was every song they have is really good. So I've been obsessed with that. It's very calming. I think it's because I I love Portishead and I love the cure and just kind of mellow, chill. Music that has a good beat. I love that. So I really, I'm really digging uh, the neighborhood. And then my last music one, because girl, my list is long. I told you. <laughs> my last music one is I have revisited and fallen in love again with Shakira. But I'm talking about the original old school Shakira. Cuando tenía el pelo negro y estaba con sus pies descalzos y las moscas <laughs> en la casa. And all of those beautiful songs that take me back to when I was 18 years old, living in my first apartment, singing all these crazy songs. And then she became blonde and everything changed. But yeah, <laughs> I've been loving all of the old school Shakira's uh, albums and singing my heart out. I even drive around my neighborhood until the song that I'm listening to finishes, you know, even though <laughs> I could have parked my car at home like 10 minutes ago. I'm like driving around the neighborhood all blaring this uh, playlist. So... That's my music. Let me move on because I have way too much. Oh, I have another one. Oh, my gosh. Now, my favorite album right now. Okay. And I am so obsessed, and I want to see her in February, but the tickets are ridiculously expensive, and I wanted to take my mom and my niece, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay that much, but it's uh, Angela Aguilar, La Hija de Pepe Aguilar. Yes! Primero Soy Mexicana. That album has been on repeat. That girl Repeat in the household. That's she did such a beautiful cover of Yorona. Yes. The whole album is good and I love the duet with her dad. That song is so beautiful. It makes me like tear up because I'm like, oh my God. It reminds me of my dad. But if you haven't heard of Angela Aguilar, jump on it. The album is called Primero Soy Mexicana. She's like new, upcoming. She's only 15 years old. And by the time that chick hits like 20, her pipes are going to be fire. Just yes. watch. Um, let's see. My favorite book that I just finished reading, I picked it up in Colorado, is called Social Creatures. Mm -hmm. And, um, that book is pretty messed up. So if you like psych thrillers and party girl type scenario books, New York City, ritzy glam, and then a murder happens... Get into this book. It's really good. It's a really quick read. Like you will want to read it every single night because you want to finish it. It's just, but it's just so all over the place, over the top, rich girl, New York party life. That's all I'm going to say. So it's called Social Creatures. I have to add it to my audiobook. It's good. Okay. I don't know how the narrator is on this. I read it, but I haven't heard the audio version. Um, and then favorite place. In Colorado was the tattered bookstore in Denver. 
I don't think <sighs> I've seen such a cool old school bookstore like that. I agree. That bookstore was on a different level, mm -hmm. a whole nother level. I loved it. And my mom loved this uh, Spanish section and she got this really cute book about Frida's life. Mm -hmm. But it was integrated with a lot of illustrations and it was like her paintings plus the author that wrote it, her illustrations, which were so like quirky, cute, modern. And my mom read it like in a day and a half, like everywhere. And anytime that we were trekking out to go to winter park or wherever, mom's like, yo me voy a leer. So she would just start and she finished <laughs> that book and she said it was incredible. She's like, ay, estaba tan lindo y pobrecita. And my mom has always loved Frida just like I love Frida, but my mom was just like so into her life. She was like, pobrecita, tanto que sufrió, especially after Cuyacán. My mom was even more intrigued by Frida and Frida's life. So that was super cool. Tattered bookstore in Denver, Colorado. If you're there, yes, go, I agree. go. Damn. I still have like two more things, <laughs> maybe three real quick, real quick, quick, quick. I'm going to go through this Netflix. You, I was obsessed. Obsessed. Okay, did you like finish it in like two days? Because I did. Heck yes. And I don't binge, man. I did my binging when I was cleaning. Like I literally did purging of my whole entire office. So I just put it on my Mac and like let it play. And it was so freaking okay. good. I got through it so fast. Okay, I thought I was the only one. I saw it with Jackie when it came out and we like binge watched it that whole yeah. entire weekend. Okay. I think it was, yeah, this, like the day or the day after it came out, I was like, I'm on it. I okay. saw it pop up and I'm like, because first of all, ni sé cómo se llama el huerco, but if you are a gossip girl, old school gossip girl <laughs> fan, come on now. Right? Yes. And I was so, oh gosh, I just, I loved it. I and agree. I can't wait to see if they're going to bring back another season. It, it, they left off like it would. So it's a book. So, and the book has, um, it's a sequel. Multiple. There's a sequel. I think there's okay. multiples. Okay. Oh, man, it was just so good. I just loved it so much. So, yeah, if you haven't watched a really good Netflix series, psych thriller in a long time, you is the name of the um, series. So, yeah, you should catch it. Uh, let's see. Two more things real fast. Origins. My uh, look, I've been trying to get my skincare on point because I'm getting older. Let's just be real. And I'm not willing to stick needles in my face because I'm afraid of needles going anywhere near my face. <laughs> and I do. I'm not going to lie to you. I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I can use a little bit here or a little bit there. Mm -mm, but stop. then I see people get all puffy swollen and I'm like, no, I'm good. But anyway, I've been trying to get on that skincare, you know. So I found one in Denver. I went to Sephora. We we're just like walking around one night and we went to the... Um, Oh gosh, I can't even remember what they're called. Uh, pavilion, the pavilion shops in, in downtown Denver. And we went into Sephora and I was talking to one of the girls that works there. And I said, you know, I have extremely dry skin. And when the wet, when the winter gets here, it's even worse. And anything that I've been using that's intense stops working. So she introduced me to Origins and it's, uh, well, I, I've used Origins before, but this is Origins Mega Mushroom. Toner and cream resilience or resilience cream. So what you do is whatever magic or magia is in these mushrooms, <laughs> um, they start to heal your skin if you have rosacea and if you have really dry skin. And so you use the toner first and then the resilience cream, this is the cool part. The resilience cream basically locks in 
any moisture that you have on your skin. And then after that, you can use any moisturizer. She goes, you could go to the dollar store and get a moisturizer. It's going to lock in that moisture and it's not going to budge. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. She goes, yes, girl. She was like, especially like around here, it's high winds, super cold climate. It works. It's good. And no joke, I've been using it ever since my trip. So it's going to be a month tomorrow, actually, that I got it because I got it the first night that I was in Colorado. And it has worked so well. My redness is starting to tone down. It's not super splotchy like it used to be, Mm -hmm. like big red bumps. I have like a like a, a pink flush rather than red bumpy splotchiness and oh. I never had bumps but it just looks like spots when my rosaceous flared up you know yeah and um so I did that and then I also got the um the night cream and I put that on night and it at night and it really helps oh my gosh it's like it's like a little miracle worker right now so yeah and my last thing, yes, I have one more thing. Oh, my God, can I shut up already? <laughs> oh, my God, we hit an hour. I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, we hit an hour. We're talking too much. My last thing is for all my coffee drinkers who want to start drinking black coffee but don't know how to get there. <laughs> and side story, very quick side chat about my coffee history. I always go up and down. In the summer, I drink hot coffee. In the during school year, I drink cold coffee. No, wait, wait, wait. Summer, I drink cold coffee, and then the fall and winter, I in spring, I drink hot coffee. Hmm. But I go through times where I need cream and times where I want it black. I just go through up and down phases. But I'm trying to really cut down on the creamer because I don't put sugar in my coffee. So I put creamer, but my creamer is jam packed with calories, and of course, it's a vanilla creamer, so you know it's gonna have sugar. So what I did the other day, and I just did this on a whim, and I really enjoyed it because mm-hmm. it took the edge off of the the black, you know, just straight yeah. up strong black coffee. It took the edge off. I got a grande Americano at Starbucks with one pump of peppermint syrup. It brought that that peppermint mocha note into the flavor. It took the edge off of it being straight black coffee, and it was only 20 calories. Oh, and it wasn't sugar-free or none of that other crap because sugar-free, we know, yeah, it's malo para el corazón, todo ese mugrero. You might as well just not eat sugar at all if you're going to go that route. But 20 calories and it's pure, the regular peppermint syrup. So you're welcome, people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go ahead and um, get out of here, guys. We have many episodes coming this year. Um, but I'm so glad that so many people still listen and I had, we were tagged, um, on Instagram for must listen to podcasts, which I'm really excited about that. And then all of our fans that do listen and are very loyal and understand the hectic life of a teacher (laughs) and a mom. (laughs) Thank you for listening and sticking with us, but we have many more episodes coming your way. We just got to get our busy lives, you know under control and then we can visit again (laughs) so until next time where can you find us lily where can they find us Um, on social media you can find us on facebook at la charla and And then then you can follow us on instagram at la charla pc 
and listen to us on Stitcher and SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and anywhere where you want to listen to your podcast or send us an email at lacharlapc at gmail.com for any questions or concerns. Also, I'm going to be uploading a lot more Instagram stories of us. So <laughs> ask away if you have any questions for us. Just don't get too personal. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Que viva la charla. La charla. Ooh, girl. Estamos cansadas o qué? Hey, hey. It's <laughs> Friday. Right, They're lucky we're still awake. <laughs> right. We'll see y'all next time.